Okay, we got three questions for you that we will give you answers for again later in the show. Three little trivia questions. Number one, how many hops did Chewbacca's hollow board game piece move forward before its unfortunate capture? Question two, what duo rescued Lando from the Sarlacc? Question three, what, according to the Emperor, would be complete if Luke struck him down in hatred? So that's how many hops did Chewbacca's hollow board game piece move forward before its unfortunate capture, which I always wanted that board game. What duo rescued Lando from the Sarlacc? What, according to the Emperor, would be complete if Luke struck him down in hatred? So I'll answer those later on in the show. Don't know when. I'll decide later. See what happens. All right. Let's get to the comic pile. Well, actually, hello and welcome to episode 349 of Under the Cull of MS. This is a Thursday comics and health episode. Starting out with Digger. Number four from Action Lab Danger Zone Comics. Story's getting a little more deep into the actual gravedigger's job of hunting the entities of demons that are wandering the earth and we get to see the our gravedigger crew deal with a very interesting big ass badass viking And while this is all going on, there's a second storyline in the background going on with some higher powers, some government officials and stuff. And we're seeing them dealing with some... Dealing with some issues along the way. And we get to see how they deal with them. But this Viking character was a lot of fun watching him. It's kind of like building himself a Viking ship and getting him back his himself a little crew of shipmates to help him out along the way. That was a this was the funnest story I think so far of the run. We finally got a little deeper into the grave digging, uh, demon hunting position of the job, and. It's a little bit more uh, playing around with the whole alcoholism stuff with the girl and the new female gravedigger. But yeah, I, I really enjoy this story and this storyline. I'm not sure how long they're going to go with it. We will see what happens. And then we checked out Evil Ernie issue three. This story is getting. better. Uh, I'm starting to like this evil Ernie character more now. Uh, They got a little 
first page thing here. No one remembers his birth name. Because there ain't midwives in the darkest pits of hell. Over the centuries and before that, he's been called lots of things. The Black Plague, Genocide, End of Times. But a few thousand years ago, he started calling himself Evil Ernie. What the demon lacked in coming up with a scary name... He made up with results and a certain boyish enthusiasm. But we get to see some death-related results while evil Ernie gets to be reintroduced to his love, Lady Death. And we get to see... How these characters work together. Uh, get to learn a little more about Evil Ernie and how he's going to deal with his current uh, life's journey, life's uh, meaning, his current current job that he has to do with life. And we get to see how he deals with his past along with his future and during the present, present, and we get to see his connection with Smiley get a little bit stronger in this one. And I am loving this, and I got a cool cover with a bunch of different evil Ernie-esque style characters, or possessed characters, with Smiley being part of every one of the characters. But, yeah... That story's starting to pick up. I was getting worried from the beginning with that one, but we're starting to get to like the character a little bit more the deeper we get into knowing him. Now we checked out King Spawn number seven from Image Comics. The story is just getting getting closer to the big war. I think we're gonna finally have some conclusions coming here pretty soon. Dealing with a lot of stuff with Wynn and Spawn and their travels through this whole thing and dealing with the child again, getting a little deeper on on the whole story front with the little child, the little Spawn character. Trying to find his king. He just wants to Wants to get that king character figured out. Wants to get someone to wear that crown. And we get to meet a interesting big ass king character in this issue along the way also. So we're getting more stuff happening. Getting closer to hopefully getting to a some type of conclusion so we can go on to the next chapter here pretty soon. I'm looking forward to getting that uh, wrapped up a little further. And we have, it's just, it's like, it kind of got a little confusing. Because it was nice at first, everything was all 
splintering together in their own ways, shapes, forms. Uh, crisscrossing over, you had the gunslinger spawn, medieval spawn, and she spawn. Now the scorched, which I have the scorched issue too, here from Image Comics. And this one is getting. Deeper into the symbiote style of the storyline. We got this Colonel Khrushchev. That just so happens to be obsessed with the whole uh, plague spawn character. that He has trapped and held up and in prison. And he decides to inject himself with some of this plague spawn symbiote. So this Khrushchev character kind of goes off the rails and. We got the group of our group of characters of Spawn, She Spawn, Medieval Spawn, the, the Angel, the uh, Gunslinger Spawn, and and the whole Plague Spawn character, and we're seeing how all these characters are grouping together and becoming part of one entity to save save one being to hopefully rule everything and hopefully not let the demons from hell take over <laughs> basically and not let them win out in the long run and wipe out all of society uh, but the Scorch story line is the one I'd like to see go on for a while and kind of eliminate the rest of the side stories and just let's focus just on this group of characters now. Let's like enjoy this little band of brotherhood and see where all these spawnies go. Spawny, Spawny, he's our man. He can't do it. Violator can. <laughs> uh, I just so badly want John Leguizamo to pop in. I want to see Violator. I want to see what the heck's up with him. I just, we're seeing all these other characters. It's like, where's my Violator? I want Clowny back. Clowny back. The little evil clown. And then our last one for today is Vampiverse, issue six. I got an awesome boxing cover. Uh, this, I believe for now, is the end. This, this is the end, my friend. This will take us to the end of this story and... Take us into Vengeance of Vampirella, which is starting up a new run, I believe. Uh, coming up here pretty soon. But we get to finally see all these... All of Vampirella's dealing with the... Well, we're seeing the artist who's dying in bed of cancer. And... We're getting to see all her vampirellas that she's created over the years. Ones that are still alive that haven't been 
killed off by the uh, what's her name? The Bloodwing. Is it Bloodwing? Her character. Uh, yeah, Bloodwing's the one that's killing all the Vampirellas and stuff. It's just uh, just a heartening little episode here with little vampy we get to see a little issue with in here uh but yeah this is a great finish up follow up ending completion to this storyline i was very pleased with this six issue run uh i like how all these stories are crossing over the actual writers and artists and inkers and pencilers and Everything else from our storybooks are getting introduced as characters in our comics lately, and I just really enjoy that uh, happening throughout these. And I hope we kind of stick around, keep doing that for a little while, playing around with that in our storylines. And then I think I will end this portion of the show today with some pickles. Let's get a little little more from the critters, Roscoe and Muffin. See what they've been up to. First set of panels, we got Earl and Opal chatting away with the dog just sitting there listening opal's like where do you think you're going earl says i'm taking roscoe for a walk in this wind hey a little wind's not gonna stop us is it roscoe and she's looking out the window she sees earl and roscoe just flying by the window <laughs> like they're stuck in the middle of a tornado trees are tilting over and stuff and opal's just sitting there that man never listens to me stubborn old prick all right next set of panels delusions of grandeur you got muffin walking past a mirror thinking that he's just a She's a noble beast. She sees herself as a lion. And then as a tiger. And then in shock, as Garfield. <laughs> and suddenly she just turns and her word balloon says, Suddenly I feel nauseous. Now <laughs> we got another set of panels where uh, Muffin's still looking in the mirrors. Saint word balloon to herself is look at yourself so proud so aloof so independent and then opal comes up with something in her hand look muffin mommy knitted a cute little sweater for you <laughs> you see poor muffin with this sweater with a hat and a button on his head on her head that she's wearing and she's looking in the mirror with the word balloon that says so humiliated. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
No, actually, I'm going to go one more set of panels here because Muffin's still wearing the goofy outfit and just sitting there with a pissed off look on her face. And word balloon above her says, will the indignities never end? First she names me Muffin, and now this. And Roscoe walks up the dog. His word balloon says, nice outfit. Who is your tailor, Pee Wee Herman? And I see someone in the background yell out, Oh, Roscoe, guess what mommy knitted for you? <laughs> Roscoe's going to get his own little outfit. That's what you get for picking on the cat. All right. I know you're dying for the answers. First question. How many hops did Chewbacca's hollow board game piece move forward before its unfortunate capture? I'm gonna say two, two, I'm gonna say three. No, the answer is two. I was wrong. All right, next question. What duo rescued, rescued Lando from the Sarlacc? I would think probably Han Solo and Chewbacca getting the upper hand again, and Lando's going to owe him like usual. Yep, and it's Han Solo and Chewbacca. All right, final one. What, according to the Emperor, would be complete if Luke struck him down in hatred? It would complete him to turn him to the dark side, is what I would say. His journey towards the dark side is the answer. So, yeah, I was right. If you haven't figured these out by now, these are little Trivial Pursuit Star Wars cards I got. That I just found in a box. Just had a little handful of them. So that's why I've been popping these questions every now and then. So, just figured it'd be fun. But, all right, I'm going to end this portion here. We'll get back to you with some health MS stuff coming up right after this. Okay, let's talk some health stuff, MS stuff, whatever. What is spasticity? Spasticity occurs when a muscle involuntarily contracts when you move. I'd say not necessarily when you move. It can happen when you're not moving. Because a lot of my spasticity happens without movement. may have been set off by movement, but I can be sitting still and all of a sudden it's just going like crazy. Uh, it sometimes happens in your limbs after a stroke. It can be painful like a charley horse and can create stiffness and tightness. When a muscle can't complete its full range of motion, the surrounding tendons and soft tissue can become tight. This makes stretching the muscles much more difficult. And stretching can set off my spasticity, which it does a lot in the bed. Get that nice full stretch and all of a sudden, bam, <laughs> it was a spasticity issue. If left untreated, the muscle can freeze permanently into an often painful position. Severely freaking painful. I'm talking 
tear jerked and screaming out this fucking ouch. Uh, spasticity in the arm can cause a tight fist, bent elbow, or arm pressed against the chest. Uh, it can also cause fingers and everything to curl and twist and cross and seize and spasticity in the leg may cause a stiff knee, pointed foot, and curling toes. This can seriously interfere with the ability to perform daily activities. Activities. Also available. Well, <laughs> also available in Spanish. <laughs> no, it isn't. Not on this podcast. I can't read Spanish. Uh, healthcare providers. have certain treatments that they can use outside of medications like physical exercise and stretching, uh, braces, intra, intrathecal baclofen therapy, ITB, where it delivers the medication where it's most effective and minimizes side effects that often accompany oral medications, a small pumps surgically implanted to supply the baclofen to the spinal cord. Oral medications. Several oral medications can help relax the nerves so that they don't send a continuous message to the muscles to contract. But you also have to deal with side effects like weakness, drowsiness, or nausea. Injections. Some inject medications can be injected to block the nerves and help relieve spasticity in a muscle group. This treatment weakens or paralyzes the overactive muscle. Side effects are minimal, but there may be soreness where injected. Talk to your healthcare provider. Find out what's your best option of therapy for you or medication. Some modifications in your home that you can do to improve safety. Include ramps, grab bars, raised toilet seats, shower or tub bench, uh, plastic adhesive strips on the bottom of the bathtub, braces, canes, walkers, wheelchairs. Uh, always follow your rehabilitation therapist recommendations about limitations and safety. Uh, they have... Functional electrical stimulation, where spasticity is muscle overactivity that occurs when communication between your brain and spinal cord is disrupted by a spinal cord or other injury or an illness. Uh, One possible treatment is functional electrical stimulation, which delivers a shock to your affected muscle, activating nerves and making the muscle move, but most of my spasticity is in the areas where I'm permanently numb. So the electrical stimulation is out for me because any electrical stimulation in my numb areas freaking sets me off. This, oh my God, is that weird feeling? But yeah, not for me. For example, electrodes can be placed on the wrist extensor muscles of the forearm you relax your hand then contract your wrist extensor muscle to cause movement 
This movement triggers an electric shock, which causes greater movement of the hand. Electrical stimulation can be used on all parts of the body, including the shoulders and legs. The shock can range from a mild tingling sensation to almost a burning sensation, depending on the intensity level chosen. It's definitely a burning sensation, a burning, frying, electrifying (laughs) type sensation. But if you can handle it, the benefits are improved movement and enhanced motor control, which is nice, but the main drawback is how well you tolerate the sensation of electrical shock. Like I was just saying, an electrical stimulation sensation at a rehabilitation center is billed like an ordinary physical therapy session as a as is reimbursable through Medicare. But yeah, something to, some things to take into consideration depending on how bad your spasticity is and where you have it. Uh, let's see. Hearing problems with MS. A small percentage of people with MS also have hearing problems. If it becomes harder for you to hear people talking in a noisy room, or you hear distorted sounds or ringing in your ears, it's time to check in with your neurologist or a hearing specialist. Hearing loss is the loss of 30 decibels or more of hearing. Hearing loss isn't common for people with MS, but it can happen. Uh, Your inner ear converts sound vibrations on the eardrum into electrical signals, which are carried to the brain via the auditory nerve. Your brain then decodes these signals into the sounds you recognize. Hearing loss could be a sign of MS. Lesions can form on the auditory nerve. This disturbs the nerve pathways that helps your brain transmit and understand sound. Lesions may also form on the brainstem, which is the part of the brain involved in hearing and balance. Hearing loss can be an early sign of MS. It can also be a sign that you're having a relapse or a flare of symptoms if you have had transient hearing loss in the past. Most hearing loss is temporary and improves when a relapse has subsided. It's very rare for MS to cause deafness. There's sensorineural hearing loss, SNHL, makes soft sounds hard to hear and loud sounds unclear. It's the most common type of permanent hearing loss. Damage to their nerve pathways between your inner ear and your brain can cause SNHL. I have mild form of that, according to my hearing test that I've had the past couple of years. Sudden hearing loss is a type of SNHL where you lose 30 decibels or more of hearing over a period of a few hours to three days. This makes normal conversation sound like whispers. It just can, it can really mess with you. It's like you're constantly wanting to say, huh, what? And you're just not getting the full conversation. And it's just, 
can be very aggravating. Usually hearing loss in MS affects one ear only. Less often people lose hearing in both ears. My main bad ear side is my left ear. It's also possible to lose hearing in one ear first and then in the other. If this occurs, your healthcare provider may evaluate you for other diseases that could look like MS. Tinnitus is a common hearing problem. It sounds like ringing, buzzing, whistling, or hissing in your ears. can be all the above, can be all different levels, can be permanent, can be partial, can be throughout different parts of the day or when certain things set it off. Mine's 24-7, all different levels, all different types. Usually aging or exposure to loud noises causes tinnitus. In MS, nerve damage disrupts the electrical signals that travel from your ears to your brain that sets off a ringing sound in your ears. Tinnitus isn't dangerous, but can be very distracting and annoying. There currently is no cure. And yeah, I hung out at concerts. We were up front. We were right by the speakers. We were always there. Never using any of your protection. I ran 350-ton presses with your protection. Didn't matter. You could... You're punching through a six inches of steel and just that bang, you're not going to block that out. Uh, a lot of other presses and rigs I ran and machinery I ran and farming equipment and construction equipment, logging equipment. And there's just so much stuff that I dealt with in my life with lots of loud noises. Shooting guns, explosives, I mean, we had a lot of fun back in the day, but at the cost of what? Some other hearing problems linked to MS include increased sensitivity to sound, called hyperacusis, distorted sound, and difficulty understanding spoken language, receptive aphasia, which is not actually a hearing problem. The only treatment for hearing loss is avoiding triggers. For example, heat can sometimes trigger a flare-up of old symptoms, such as hearing problems in people with MS. You may find you have more trouble hearing in hot weather or after exercising. Symptoms should improve once you've cooled down. If heat affects your hearing, try to stay indoors as much as possible when it's hot outside. A white noise machine can drown out ringing to make tinnitus more bearable. You should definitely see your doctor if you have an ear infection, earwax buildup, medications causing you to lose your hearing or hearing ringing or buzzing sounds in your ears. Uh, ear damage from exposure to loud noises, age-related hearing loss, an injury to your ear or brain, a new MS lesion. Basically, though MS can cause hearing loss, it's rarely severe or permanent. 
hearing loss may be worse during MS flares and should improve once the flare is over. Your doctor can prescribe medications to help you recover faster and may refer you to an ENT specialist, ear, nose, and throat specialist, or audiologist for further testing, which I just recently went through a lot of that stuff. So. Definitely talk to your doctor about those things. Let's see. Social media and MS. Let's see. You don't have to completely unplug. There's some simple things you can do to make the most of your social experience, social media experience if you have MS. Because it can be hard for you to keep up with everything, keep track of everything, and cognitively dealing with everything. Uh, we've seen over the years, social media space evolved into the nerve center of movement for more understanding and support for chronic illnesses like MS. Uh, there's seeing authentic versions of others and being able to connect with people living with the same Diagnose lets you know you're not alone. Representation can help boost your confidence and remind you that a full life is possible with MS. Sharing medication and symptom experiences with other people can lead to new discoveries. Learning about what works for someone else may encourage you to investigate new treatments or lifestyle modifications. Connecting with others who get it can help you process what you're going through and allow you to feel seen in a powerful way and maybe meet some new friends and get some groups together and get some get the get some advice out there to others that are struggling and learning and trying to get through this nightmare putting our stories out there helps break down disability stereotypes such social media levels Social media levels the playing field so that stories about what it's like to live with MS are told by people who actually have MS instead of people that are around MS and think they understand MS. Everyone's MS is different, so comparing your story to others can be damaging. It can also be harmful to compare yourself to someone in worse condition than you are. Such thinking can negatively contribute to internalized ableism. I got like a burp attack going on right now. Social media can help keep you up to date about MS-related products and research. Spoiler alert, not everything you read on the internet is true. <laughs> Claims of cures and exotic treatments are everywhere, but they are not true. There is no cure for MS. Plenty of people are willing to make a quick buck off it, though, and we'll try and drag you in. Just block them. We don't need that negativity. Unfollow the negative pains in the asses out there. When you're diagnosed with an illness like MS, it's common for well-meaning friends, family, and even strangers to offer unsolicited advice on how to manage your disease. Usually this kind of counseling oversimplifies a complex problem, your problem. 
the advice may be inaccurate and it can make you feel like you're being judged for your health condition. Telling someone with a serious illness that everything happens for a reason or just think positively or not let MS define you can do more damage than good, especially if you give the person a black eye or a broken nose <laughs> for telling you what to do. Uh, regarding or reading about someone else's pain that's so close to your own can be triggering. If you're vulnerable to this, consider the kinds of accounts you follow, whether you have MS or not. If you're following an account that doesn't make you feel good, unfollow it. Don't engage or try to change the point of view of a stranger on the internet. It's a huge waste of time. And you're just going to end up in a big argument. Without the chronic illness community, some accounts are criticized for making life with a disability look a little too easy. Others get called out for appearing too negative. Uh, protect yourself by only making public what you feel comfortable sharing. You don't owe anyone your good days or bad days. Set boundaries and limits. Late night screen time can disrupt sleep. When you have MS, uh, I say stay away from social media when you're under the influence. <laughs> you may say things that you don't, you will regret the next morning if you've been drinking or whatever. Champion others within the community. Give a boost and a like when needed and avoid pushing diet, treatment, or lifestyle advice. Remember, we're all on our own path. Basically, social media should be informative, connect, connecting, and fun. Posting about your health and following the health journeys of others can be incredibly healing. It can also be taxing to think about MS all the time. Recognize when it's time to take a break and maybe check out some cat memes for a while. It's okay to unplug and look at the balance between screen time and engaging with your friends and family offline. The internet will, internet will still be there when you're feeling recharged. It'll always be there. It'll never go away. And that's it. That's good enough. I'm done. <laughs> done with the hell stuff. <clears throat> with a couple fun facts, maybe. New York, New York is famous for being one of the largest cities in the world. There are more than 8 million people living in New York. I think a lot more than that today. But New York is also famous for being small. The country of New York, the country of New York takes up only 23 square miles. That makes it the smallest county, yeah, the county of New York, it should have said, <laughs> the smallest county in the United States. The largest county in the United States is San Bernardino, California. It covers an area of over 20,000 square miles. Hot stuff. There was a world football league team called the Chicago Fire. The name of the team's first director of player personnel was Bill Byrne. Yeah, that don't... Who cares? <laughs> uh, no two snowflakes are made exactly alike. I gotta get this one. So I'm gonna end it here. 
And we'll get back to you. More stuff tomorrow. Be good. Have fun. Take care of yourself. We'll be back to you soon. <laughs>